0: It's the DaddyCast Rewind, episode 23, recorded on March the 22nd, 2021, going back to the DaddyCast, episode 23, in 2006. Who knows how to fix it? Who can do it? It's Daddy! Like PD love, or just wanting to learn more about the crazy world of fatherhood, you're in good company here at the Daddycast. Daddy Cast. Everybody, welcome to the DaddyCast Rewind. Uh, before we start rewinding, I'll bring you up to speed on our current situation. I think I mentioned a couple shows ago, or maybe it was last show, that our, or at least my schedule for the shows had been interrupted. Our our, our normal schedule had been interrupted a little bit. Our youngest was uh, at college was exposed to someone who tested positive for COVID and decided to come home to quarantine. He was home for a week and went back and a week later, we got another text message that said, Hey, can I talk to you? It was late at night on a Thursday night. And, uh, said, sure, call. And he called and he tested positive. So, uh, he's not exactly sure where he got it from. He, um, spent a couple of days thinking it was allergies because it was a sore throat. It was a little bit of a headache, the, the typical allergy symptoms, but, uh, He's, he's again, not exactly sure where he got it from. He's got a couple ideas, but doesn't really matter. He's, he tested positive and instead of going to the dorm they have set up for quarantine, he asked if he could come home. So, uh, last Friday, it is uh, Monday night right now. Last Friday, I drove down and picked him up, brought him home, uh, picked him up in the van so he could sit all the way in the back and I was all the way in the front. And uh, I was double masked. He was masked. Everybody was masked. We had the windows down. Uh, basically, just doing anything we can because my wife has been vaccinated, and uh, I didn't really want to catch it. I'd like to get a chance to to get the vaccine first, or at least uh, <laughs> have another way to uh, avoid um, catching it. But uh, I've got a friend who has it now, and it's uh, not not being kind. So, um, so yeah, he he yeah. His symptoms uh, ran for a couple of days again: headache, sore throat. Uh, then he's had a, a lingering headache for a few days, but uh, that seems to be the the brunt of it. He's um, now a full week into uh, when he was first symptomatic, so another couple of days. And based on what I've read on the CDC site, he will be clear. I am going to go get tested. Uh, not tomorrow, but Wednesday. And uh, just to see, I'll be five and a little over five days from my first exposure to him, bringing him home. And uh, that's supposed to be when my symptoms could start Uh, as early as two days, as late as like 10 days. It's it's all over the place. But five to six days seems to be a fairly common um, understanding of when you can start to show symptoms and when you can test and see if you've actually caught it. So the I guess the initial incubation period but anyway, so it's been, uh, been interesting. It's, uh, having him home this time since he has tested positive, we've had to treat it all differently. So it's, uh, Clorox wipes. It's wiping everything down. It's wearing masks whenever near him. He's wearing his mask around all the time. Uh, he's got the N95 mask, which is supposed to be really good. I've got some that my wife brought from the hospital that are supposed to be even better. Uh, level three. I don't know. But anyway, uh, we've been masking up in the house and uh, pretty much staying put for the most part. So we will see how this goes. Like I said, uh, getting tested in a couple of days or day after tomorrow, and uh, we'll see what happens. I don't feel like I have any symptoms, but uh, it's, it's funny. You, you start thinking about it, and you're like, oh, well, does my head hurt? Well, maybe it hurts. <laughs> I think you can think yourself into some of the symptoms, uh, even if you don't have them. And obviously, if you do have them, then you're not just thinking yourself into them, you're experiencing them. But uh, so far have felt pretty good, and um, keeping fingers crossed that it's not anything major. So uh, if I catch it, then at least I'll be done with it. And that's his big thing is now that he's caught it, uh, he doesn't have to be tested for three months, I think he said. So they test uh, everyone at the college every week, unless you've had it, and then I guess you're you're immune for a time. That's what they are assuming right now. So... We will see. Uh, the, the science, <laughs> believe the science, but the science is still trying to figure out what's going on. You, you hear different things each day. So we will see what happens. Going back to our rewind, uh, back in 2006, it was late May, and we had just done the train thing. So the train thing was uh, an antique train. It was in Dillwyn, Virginia. So, uh, Dillwyn, Virginia, I'm pretty sure you could drive through it and not even realize you were in it. It's a pretty small place, but, uh, they have a train station and they have the antique train going out of there. And, um, it was a fairly busy event. As I reported back then, we got our tickets. We were told to be there early and we got there early and there was still a big line. So it was a big thing. It was a very nice day. Uh, and part of that train ride is just getting out into nature and seeing things and riding through the countryside. And, uh, it, w- it was very nice. Um... As I described with that, uh, the train had some closed cars and it had some open-sided cars. So it was like a bench, just kind of looking out over a rail, and uh, two benches, one facing each side, and that's where we sat for a majority of the trip, just because it was so nice outside, and uh, that was good until you got to the the bridge. When we got to the bridge, my youngest was a little scared of heights, and that uh, that wasn't too uh, too fun for him. I think we went inside the closed coach for a little while when that was when we were going through the bridge. But um, yeah, as I mentioned back then, they, they had a map and they, the kids kind of were able to keep track of where we were on the map. It kind of kept their interest and introduced them a little bit to tracking things on a map. So uh, that was a lot of fun. And again, just being out in nature, just seeing things, seeing some animals, seeing some, you know, just trees and different flowers. Again, in May, things are blooming or have bloomed and Uh, It was just a very nice day to get out and do something, and it made for a really nice experience. And I think that's the big thing, is the memories and the experience that you get from doing things like that. Um, We we spent, before the kids got into sports a lot, we spent a lot of weekends just going hiking or going out and and doing something or going to my in-laws, but we didn't spend a whole lot of time at home. And I remember thinking back then, are we depriving the boys from making friends in the neighborhood, from doing the typical kids stuff on the weekends? Um, but it all turned, I mean, they obviously have lots of friends. They, they are social with, they didn't miss anything by not hanging out with neighborhood kids on the weekend. And instead we have a lot of memories and a lot of unique experiences that uh, we did during that time that, uh, we got out and did things. So Definitely uh, no regrets there. I think it was nice to have some of those memories, uh, to let them be on a train or, you know, visit animals and do the different things that we did back then. So uh, experiences are huge. Speaking of the map, around that same time, we were bequeathed by my grandparents. They were moving into a a smaller condo and uh, from a house. And they gave us a globe and it was a globe. I remember as a kid growing up, I mean, it was, sometimes in movies you'll see this globe and they open it up and there's like, you know, a bar set inside. This one didn't have a bar set, but it was about that size. It was like a really big ball, <laughs> obviously a globe. Uh, it was like a, a, an exercise balance ball of size and had a little stand, it, was, it had a light inside. As a kid growing up, I thought it was just really cool. So my grandparents ended up giving that to us back then, and the boys had a lot of fun just kind of pointing out pointing out different things on the globe and uh, places they had heard about and finding them. Uh, I, I think that kind of started their interest in in kind of knowing where things are in the world, and and you know it, it's something that as they went through school they obviously learned a lot more. But um, again, just kind of that one episode talked a couple times about the map on the train, the globe, and different uh, things that kind of piqued their interest in, in understanding where things are and, and tracking things. So it was uh, definitely an, an interesting time and uh, something that I think kind of set some of that into motion for them to start to uh, take an interest in that. So anyway, globes, maps, fun stuff. Another thing I talked about back then, it was uh, about bedtime blues. It was an article, I think, from fatherville.com. Let me go ahead and play a clip of that, and then we'll come back and and reminisce or uh, compare (laughs) that article and and what actually happened in our lives. An article on fatherville.com, and we have referenced fatherville.com quite a bit here. And uh, let me get over to it. Of course, that is Mike Farrell. Michael Farrell has fatherville.com, and there's there will be a link in the show notes, as there usually is. But the topic on this one is talking about the tip of the week, and it's talking about bedtime blues. And it was pretty cool because we have, as I've mentioned before, we have a lot of issues with bedtime. So I'm going to read through a few of these. He basically has done a synopsis of some articles that were on... Raising Kids uh, UK site. So it's RaisingKids.co.uk. But uh, definitely some good stuff to talk about. Uh, first of all, he says, Children tend to see later bedtimes as a symbol of being grown up. An early bedtime means you're still treating her like a baby. If her younger sibling goes to bed at the same time, the humiliation is compounded. Uh, I remember this. Uh, there'll be a lot of side notes in here. I remember my mom once uh, kind of playing with me. She said I could stay up as for as late, The hour I could stay up depended on the year I was, and that makes no sense whatsoever. In other words, when I was 7, I could stay up till 7 o'clock, 8 to 8 o'clock, and so on. And uh, that seemed to work pretty well, because by the time I got old enough I could stay up later, I didn't want to. (laughs) I was old enough to know that it was time to go to bed. But uh, she says, let's see, all of this is referencing a daughter, but her bedtime is your time. This is back to the Michael Farrell article. Uh, Don't feel guilty about wanting your daughter to go to bed. Parents have a right to some time to themselves. Children need their sleep. Six-year-olds need about 11 hours of sleep. This gradually decreases to about 9 hours by the time they are 12 years old. Insufficient sleep leaves children tired and irritable, reduces their learning ability, and weakens their immune system. I often wonder if our youngest, if there's not some some sleep deprivation issues, because he will stay up until at least, I mean, I try to put him in bed by 8, and by 9 o'clock he's still up a lot of times. And he's usually the first one up. He's usually up by 5.30, um, maybe 6 o'clock. So he's only getting at most nine hours of sleep. It's probably more like eight or eight and a half. So uh, I, I often wonder if that isn't a, an issue with him because he's usually just kind of wild and just a – he's always had – kind of extremes to the emotions. He's either extremely happy or extremely sad or, you know, one or the other. But some of the times when he's acting up like in restaurants, like I mentioned before, I, I kind of wonder if, if it's not caused by a lack of sleep. Back to the article. All right. So just to chime in a little bit here, I will chime in with this. Um, my youngest, as I found later, was he's really was more of an early bird. He would go to bed early. He would get up early and as he got a little older going to bed early was easier and easier for him uh, especially when the boys weren't in the same room that was a big mistake we made for a while was having them in the same room but even when he got into his his teenage years he would generally go to bed early and uh, I, I think a lot of times if he had friends over or if he was over at friends house and they were you know spending the night or whatever um he struggled with that because he wanted to go to bed early and he would stay up, but he was still an early bird. So he would find himself getting very tired the next day because he stayed up late and still got up early. So uh, in some ways, I think he's kind of like me in that way. I, I always struggled sleeping in just because I, I didn't want to miss anything. I felt like I was going to miss something and it's crazy. Uh, you need your sleep. But uh, torturing yourself just to not miss something is, is the odd thing. So uh, so yeah, I don't think it was so much that he was missing sleep as he just hadn't quite gotten into that pattern yet of it's okay to go to bed early and get up early. You just can't burn the candle at both ends. Article: Any excuse to stay up will do. Some children have vivid imaginations and she may be generally afraid to be left alone in the dark. Admitting this sounds babyish, so she has a thousand excuses to try to stay up. There's a TV program she simply has to see, or a game she needs to finish. Suggest a nightlight in her bedroom, or on the landing, or simply an intercom system. Yeah, my my youngest, a lot of times, if if his brother's not in the room, he'll claim he doesn't want to sleep alone. And uh, I've actually used that to my advantage lately. If he won't be quiet enough for his brother and he to go to sleep because i'll get them both in their beds and they'll stay in their beds after a couple threats but um he'll keep talking and waking his brother up and throwing stuff around so i tell him okay one more time and your brother's coming out of here and you can stand here by yourself and that is usually enough to make him realize that it is bedtime and he um weighs the good with the bad and usually in my favor <laughs> so Uh, Back to the article, establish a bedtime ritual. Establish a regular bedtime, but let your child feel she has some control over it. For example, give her a special bedtime alarm clock and let her set the alarm for the agreed bedtime each night. Some parents alert their children with a pre-bedtime call half an hour before bedtime. This can be a wind-down time when toys and books are put away, mugs of milk are brought out, and hugs from mom and dad are standard. Be fair but firm. Once you have set a bedtime, stick with it. If your child's favorite TV, TV program is rescheduled for later, tape it for her to view next evening. If circumstances really do warrant staying up later, explain why you are bending the rules and reinforce that this is a rare exception. Similarly, if you decide to move bedtime back as she grows older, don't just let her slide into it. Tell her you're setting a new bedtime and be equally firm to sticking to it going to bed not going to sleep if your child isn't tired at bedtime let her read until she is the privilege may be abused in the beginning but gradually she'll turn off the light when she is tired this agreement has the virtue of encouraging a reading habit which many children don't establish in the age of computers and TV so a few more comments and that's i agree with that we that's one thing we do if the kids want to sit up and look at a book that's fine we um we try to have wind-down time. Our ritual is we have dinner, and then right after dinner we get a bath and get the jammies on. And then if we have time, we let them watch a little bit of a movie, but it's kind of set a time limit on that. And then we go to bed and try to read a couple books, uh, short books. And then at that point, if they want to read a book in their bed, that's fine. But uh, it's pretty much lights out other than some night lights that are in their room and um, you know, try to get them to go to sleep. But again, as long as they stay in their bed, I don't care if they're asleep when we walk out. as long as they lay in their bed, now they have gotten in the habit where they want their mother to rub their back or rub their tummies and different things. So we go through all that as well. But uh, that's where we're trying to ward off of that as much as we can, and, and we're wean them off of that, I should say. And um, as far as the uh, you know, the occasional staying up late, we do have with the token system. We have guys' night. Uh, my oldest really gets a kick out of that. On Friday nights, if he has five tokens by Friday night and he wants to blow them on staying up late, he can stay up late and watch a movie with me or, or do something like that and we cook some popcorn and make a big deal out of it. But those are Friday nights when my wife's playing soccer and we just do something fun. He usually falls asleep pretty easily on those nights, and once it gets around 9 o'clock, I make him go to bed there was that one time a couple of weeks ago I think I mentioned on the show that I let him stay up as late as he wanted to by about 10:30 he was still up I was amazed but uh, at that point I made him go to bed and he didn't really fight me I think he realized that hey I'm tired I want to go to sleep. So anyway check this article out again it's over at fatherville.com uh, Michael Farrell's site and I'll put a link to it in the show notes but good stuff about Okay so yeah uh definitely some good thing So around the end there, one of the things that I didn't comment on back then, but that really stands out now, uh, two things. One is routine. So that article talked about developing a routine. Uh, and that's routines are so important. Uh, whether it's for you, whether it's for raising your kids, uh, the family, just having routines, I think is very important. It's, We've talked about it before. Kids like to have some type of structure. They like to kind of know what to expect. And routines kind of build that structure. We're going to do this, this, and this. And this is how we do it. And we do it this way every time. And every once in a while we may do it differently, but it's still part of the same routine. So having those routines is is good structure. And um, again, whether it's raising kids or yourself, you know, if you have a routine for your morning, you have a routine for your workouts, you have a routine for... Uh, how you you kick off your day or do your lunch or whatever. Uh, routines are very important. The other thing that, I, that, that article kind of mentioned was kind of letting the kids think they're making a decision. So giving them options that are well within what you want them to do, but letting them pick. So it may be you can go to bed now, but you can read. Uh, or you can stay up another five minutes, but then you're going to bed without reading. So Everything is, is kind of has your goal in mind and making sure we've talked about this before as well, uh, making sure that all the options are within what you want them to do, but they get to make a choice between them. And again, that's not just parenting, that's life. Uh, if you are, are trying to get someone to, to do something for their good, for your good at work, uh, a staff member or whatever, giving options that are all within things that uh, are, are right to get done lets somebody make a choice it gives them the opportunity to have that little freedom and flexibility and a little stretch a little bit but also keeps everything uh, in check and in line with what needs to happen so uh, again giving the kids a little bit of opportunity to to make a decision in that is important speaking of decision making uh, recently I was listening to a a um, podcast and uh, Jocko Willink was on it. He is the Navy SEAL. He does a lot of inspirational talks. He gets up at like five o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning, whatever works out, but he is a a super, I've listened to him on on different podcasts and and read a few, um, short articles about him and, uh, just an amazing guy. And he's, you know, I mean, being a Navy SEAL makes him amazing, but he's very inspirational and he's very driven and he, he shares that very well. He's very well-spoken but he was talking about his kids and he was talking about how when he was in the SEALs and he was working with these government organizations decentralized leadership was what helped the American military succeed where other militaries may fail and he said it's it's basically because you have some organizations that have to have the chain of command telling everybody what to do all the time and as soon as that there's a delay in that it causes problems Whereas when he was with the SEALs, he was basically given, you have the responsibility and the right to make decisions at your level and for the team. And it it came with accountability. It came with responsibility, but it it didn't, he didn't have to be told every step to take. And I think in, in business and in work, that's at least one of the things that I always strive is can we get everyone to kind of be thinking for yourself and doing things without having to be told? Um, you know, so it's the kind of that decentralized leadership. He, Jocko mentioned that that's kind of how his kids have been as well. As they've grown up, they have learned to take on responsibility and to, to make judgment calls on their own. They don't have to be told every time, don't do that or do this. And it's, it is something that's good. And I think that's where that transition from letting them have a little bit of breathing room to make decisions within the realm of what is good and, and right, as they get older, they, that kind of trains them to make good decisions and to be able to decentralize your parenting, decentralize the authority, and decentralize the decision-making so that they can make their own decisions, make the right ones, because, again, they're still living in this realm of the things that are right and not swaying <laughs> into what's wrong, but you know, giving them a little more leash to, and, and leeway to, to help do some of those things as they get older, that grows and grows, and it becomes kind of that, that seed that sprouts responsibility as they get into their teens and even further along. So I really liked what he was saying about decentralizing that, and, and it really hit home that, yeah, that, that makes total sense. You need to empower them to, to make good decisions. That comes through a lot of years of training. Just like through military comes a lot of years of training to be a SEAL, obviously, but uh, to decentralize it so that people are are thinking on their own and they're able to kind of act on their own and make good decisions. So again, check out Jocko. If you have not checked out Jocko, you should check out Jocko. He's got a really good TED Talk that talks about um, ownership and accountability. And uh, I think it's called Extreme Accountability. But uh, yeah, really cool. So anyway, that is going to do it for this show. I am going to get back into the um, the, the COVID uh quarantine <laughs> area of the house, and uh, a couple more days, and hopefully, we'll be over this and can move on. But thank you for listening. Please like us on whatever your podcatcher is. Uh, please rank us, rate us, star us, uh, subscribe, tell a friend, all that stuff. Uh, promote the show. Um, really hoping to expand some audience. Uh, there are times that I think about, is this even worth doing if I only have a handful of people listening, but, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's a little bit of, uh, for me, it's kind of like journaling. It's, it's a little bit of release. So, uh, it's fun and hopefully you're enjoying it. Shoot me an email if you, you want, let me know what you think, uh, if you are enjoying it and that's at daddycast at gmail.com. Again, it's daddycast at gmail.com thanks again for listening and we will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.